Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 8. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I ask you to put my name on the refrigerator so that you wouldn't forget to pray for me. Because I know that a lot of y'all go to the refrigerator a lot. (laughs) So I figured that's the best place to get prayer. Say amen, church. Let the church say amen. Amen. I had you put my name on the refrigerator. Can I get you to put Patty's name on the refrigerator? And pray for her. She is a lovely, sweet sister of this fellowship. I called her yesterday. We talked for a good while, and then I called her back. I said, Patty, I said, I'm going to talk about you in church tomorrow. Is it okay to give, give, give your name in church? And she goes, oh, yes, no problem. More people praying, the better the Lord knows. <laughs> That's Patty. One more thing. Listen, Jesus kind of, look at this, look at this. I'm not careful, you might miss this. Jesus seems to kind of, in this text, he kind of sets the record straight. Notice in verse 21 again, my mother, my brother are those who hear the word of God and they do it. Jesus kind of sets the record straight as everybody, listen, is on the same spiritual level. Mary isn't better than anyone else. Now, again, unfortunate that the Catholic Church elevates Mary to a position that she doesn't belong. I honestly think probably she is mortified at the way that people revere her, even saying that she is a co-redemptress. You know what that means? That in Catholic theology, and again, I have to say this with respect, I want you to understand that, but in Catholic theology, they teach that Mary helped Jesus in bearing your sins and redeeming you from your sins. They call that a co-redemptress. And I I just got to think that Mary is like, what? Mary's probably like, what are they talking? Look, I was in the upper room waiting on the Holy Spirit with everybody else. And then the Holy Spirit fell and she was filled with the Spirit just like everybody else. And don't misunderstand, is Mary just like everybody else? No, I do not think she was just like everybody else. Mary was special. I mean, let's just face it. She had the privilege of bringing the son of God into the world. She is the mother of God. I would think that puts her in the category of being special. Anybody here had that privilege? I know you think your child is an angel, but that's not what I'm talking about. No, you haven't. So yes, she is special. And there's things that Mary knows about Jesus that only Mary knows because she was his mom. So when you get to heaven, you can ask her stuff. Like, hey, Mary, did Jesus go through the terrible twos? Things 
inquiring minds want to know. But she is special. But the Bible says that she is blessed among women, not above women. She is blessed among women. Think about it. Of all the women throughout all of human history, God chose her to be the vessel of the incarnation. God taking on flesh. She's the mother of the savior of the world. And that's special. And at the same time, listen, in the kingdom of God, conversely, in the kingdom of God, there are no celebrities. In the kingdom of God, there's no room for celebrities. Somebody once said, there are no, in God's kingdom, there are no big eyes and little U's. I like that. No room for celebrities. You don't have to come to Pastor Rodney to get prayer. You know, people call up the church and they say, I'd like to speak to Pastor Rodney. Uh, well, well, he's not available. What, 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 can I help you with something? Well, I need prayer. I need Pastor Rodney to pray for me. And, and they're like, well, Pastor Rodney's not available. He's maybe out of the country or he's just not available today. No, I really, really need prayer. I mean, well, there's four other pastors sitting right here twiddling their thumbs doing nothing. Is there... <laughs> they're sitting in a lotus position, like waiting for a phone call. Can they pray for you? Oh, no, 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 no. It has to be Pastor Rodney. If Pastor Rodney doesn't pray for me, I haven't really been prayed for. You're like, well, there's nobody here. Well, listen, this is an emergency. I have to have prayer. It's like, well, if it's an emergency, why can't somebody else pray for you? Because Pastor Rodney has to pray for me. It's like, listen, my prayers are no more heard than anyone else's prayers. My prayers are no more heard than any other pastor. My prayers are no more heard than the person who cleans the church toilets. Listen, God isn't listening to Billy Graham more than you. You know, some people think if you and Billy Graham are praying at the same time, that God will put you on hold and take his call. Some people think that. Like God has Billy in his fave five. Some people think that. You and me and Pastor Jim and, and Nelson and Ron, and we've all been justified by faith. Everybody's just, look, even Pastor Johnny is justified by faith. <laughs> now, if Pastor Johnny justified by faith, you know God is awesome. He can do great and mighty things. We're all justified by faith. We all come to God the same way, broken and empty. And we all come to God the same way by faith and by grace. And he justifies us. And when he justifies us, that word justify means just as if I'd never sinned. God doesn't see our sin anymore. And now we can pray anytime, any place. And the Bible says, let us boldly come unto the throne of grace that we might receive grace and mercy and help in a time of need. Anybody can pray for you. Anybody, if you need prayer, anybody who knows Jesus, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto our prayers. Let's move forward. Look at verse 22. If you're looking at it, say amen. Uh, You got to say better amen than that. Verse 22. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples. You're going to love this. And he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. And as they sailed, he, Jesus, fell asleep and a windstorm came down. Please note that came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. 
And they came to him and they awoke Jesus saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. And then he arose and he rebuked the wind and the raging water and they ceased and there was a calm. But he said to them, what he say, saints, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the waters, and they obey him. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Jesus takes the disciples in a boat away from the crowd, heading to the other side of the Galilee. In your margins, in your Bibles, you can write Mark chapter 4, verse 36, and it tells us that other smaller boats, you get in the scene, were traveling alongside of Jesus' boat. So they're on the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. It's 13 miles long, 7 miles wide, 680 feet below sea level. If you travel north, please stay with me. If you travel north, you will travel to Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is 9,280 feet above sea level. Having been to Israel five times, on the Sea of Galilee five times, it is beautiful. Mount Hermon always has snow on it. All year long, it's cold at the top of Mount Hermon, and there is always snow year-round. So when the cold air from Mount Hermon rushes down and hits the warm air on the Galilee, you, those two The cold air and the warm air collide on the Galilee. A storm will pop up in seconds. The storms, scholars tell us, we know, create waves some 25 feet high. Now, if you're like a surfer dude, you will love this. I mean, they have these huge, humongous waves. And uh, me personally, I don't serve. I don't really like the ocean. Oh, I do like the ocean as I, long as I can see it from my hotel room. I don't like to get in the water really because things are in the ocean. <laughs> Say amen, somebody. And some, I feel something on my leg. I, I'm screaming like a girl. <laughs> I mean, really, I'm like, ah! I get, I be fighting folks and push. And, 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 and every time I get in the ocean, I don't know what happens, but every time I get in the ocean, I hear the Jaws music. Every time. I mean, somebody's walking behind me with a boom, boom box or something with the Jaws. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. I hate the ocean. I, I'm not an ocean person. I, I'm not even a lake person, to tell you the truth. I had a friend of mine. They have uh, those. Uh, they were wakeboarding. He had a boat and they were wakeboarding. And I'm seeing this. They, 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 they looks easy. So they go, they go, hey, Pastor Ronnie, give it a try. I'm like, oh, man, I can do that. Hey, ain't nothing. I can do that. So I'm from Philly. Now, even if you can't do it, act like you can. So I'm like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. So I get on the back of that thing, and they pull, and they're like, okay, now get up. And, then, you know, you're, they pull, and you're going fast. And I'm, I mean, I'm bouncing on that water. I'm bouncing all over my head, hitting the water like this, like some cartoon or something. I'm like, stop the boat. Stop the boat. I get in the boat. I'm like, this is not for me. But notice Dr. Luke tells us 
Notice, like doctors, in great detail, the storm, verse 23, please look at it. The storm came down onto the lake. That's what he's talking about. From Mount Hermon coming down, hitting the, 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 the warm air on the Sea of Galilee. The storm came down on the lake. So Jesus, are you getting the picture? He is asleep in the rear of the boat. Mark tells us that he is actually sleeping on a pillow which tells us that Jesus was really asleep. I mean, he wasn't like dozing off. He was like in REM state, like what we call good sleep. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Good sleep. He was in good, the kind of sleep when you wake up and you come out of it, you're doing this. (laughs) Y'all with me now? Okay, that kind of sleep. It's in the Greek language. I mean, you just have to know the Greek language. It's, it's right there. So Jesus is, Jesus is knocked out. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's why you're laughing. Jesus is knocked out, curled up. A raging storm out of nowhere appears. There is howling of the wind. The water is splashing in the boat, and the boat is filling with water. Here's a white space. Listen, this is what I think. At first, they, the disciples, these sailors are thinking, listen, Jesus is sleeping. He's exhausted. Let's not bother him. You know, we're sailors. We got this. That's what they're thinking. So the storm is out of control, and these experienced sailors wake up a carpenter to help. Are you getting me? So then the million dollar question is this. Why are they in the middle of the storm? Final answer, because Jesus led them there. They're in the storm because Jesus led them there. Now, I hate saying this because I'm a wimp. But sometimes things, listen, sometimes God leads us into difficulty. Sometimes. Now, I point this out because there are people who say that if you are in the midst of a storm, that it is the result of some sin or that it's the result of a lack of faith or that it is your fault. Can I tell you something that is unfair, possibly unbiblical, ignorant and a cruel thing to say? Please take note of this. It was Jesus who put them in the storm. It was Jesus who told them to go to the other side. Are you listening? This storm that they are in is the result of their obedience, not their disobedience. Because God, Jesus, gave them a command. And when Jesus gives a command, it is also a promise. Do you understand Jesus' command and promises work hand in hand? If he told them to go to the other side, guess what? They're going to get there. Jesus is not going to say go to the other side and they drown. He won't do that. Jesus says go to the other side and they will get there. And the reason they will get there is because he said it. And because he said it, it will happen. Now, contrary to popular opinion, a Christian will find times in their life where they are going through a trial, a turbulence, trouble, a storm. Taking notes, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Yes, all who desire to live godly. 2 Timothy 3, 12, great memory verse. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, anybody know it? Will suffer persecution. Every single one of us 
will go through a storm. And if you're not going through a storm right now, listen, if you're not going through a storm right now, praise the Lord. Just wait. It's coming. Somebody once said, in life, you're either going into a storm, coming out of a storm, or between storms. Going into a storm, coming out of a storm, or between storms. Now, in the Bible, you will find that there are two types of storms. If you're taking notes, you write this down. There are corrective storms and there are perfective storms. A corrective storm is a storm sent to correct you. A trial, a turbulence, trouble sent to correct. A perfecting storm is one sent to mature us, to perfect us, to mature us. You know, I got to be honest with you right now, be vulnerable with you right now. I'm going through a storm and have been for quite some time. Well, maybe you're going through a storm. Maybe you just lost your job. Maybe your storm is you just lost your spouse. Maybe your storm is your child is on drugs and you don't know what to do. The good news is this. Listen, it came to pass and it won't last. The good news is that we gratefully and thankfully go through the storms with Jesus. Did you hear me? With I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. That's okay. With Jesus. Jesus said, in this world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Someone once said, God didn't promise us an easy trip, but he did guarantee arrival at destination. I like that. Notice in verse 24, we got to move on. When they wake Jesus up, they say, Master, Master, we're perishing. Now, that's a trip to me. I don't know about y'all. Are you getting that? That's a trip. I mean, they wake Jesus up just so they, they can complain before they die. I mean, that's kind of funny. It would be different if they were waking Jesus up saying, hey, Jesus, the sea is out of control. Can you handle this? No, they say, Jesus, we're going to die. And Jesus got up, rebuked the wind, the water, and there was calm. Turned to the disciples and said, where is your faith? Saints, listen, very important. Jesus is more interested in what you get out of the circumstance than getting you out of the circumstance. Did you hear me? Jesus is more interested in what you get out of the circumstance than getting you out of the circumstance. So we're praying, Lord, get us out of, Lord, help us get out of the situation. Lord, I'll serve you, God. I'll serve you. I'll do something at the church. God, I'll vacuum the floors. God, I'll change poopy diapers in the nursery. God, please help me. Lord, please get us out of the circumstance. And God is like, no. I'm more interested in what you get out of the circumstance, what you learn from the circumstance. And until you get what God has for you to get out of the circumstance, you will not get out of the circumstance. Are you with me? God is concerned about you learning what he wants you to learn. And that sounds just like Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 as Paul was praying three times to be healed of a sickness, and God said, my grace is sufficient for you. And Paul said it was at that point that he learned that in his weakness, God was made strong. 
And then Paul said, and I've also learned now I glory in my infirmities. See, God is more concerned with what you get out of your circumstance than getting you out of your circumstance. I think of the the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were in a fiery furnace. You know the story. And God could have delivered them just like that. God could have kept them going in there just like that. No problem. He's God. He can do whatever. But they got in there and Jesus was with them. Three went in. When the king looked in, he saw four. Jesus was with them. Why? Because Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And what did they learn? What did they get out of that circumstance? God is faithful. And even in your trial and even in your storm, are you listening? And even in your turbulence and in your trouble and in your situation that you cannot handle and that you don't understand, God is with you. And you should be happy about that. God is with you. So God wants to get you to learn something. Now, it's very interesting as we kind of wrap it up right here. Notice the crashing of the waves. I find this fascinating. The crashing of the waves didn't wake Jesus up. The howling of the wind didn't wake Jesus up. The waters flowing into the boat didn't wake Jesus up. The thunder and the lightning didn't wake Jesus up. What woke him up? It was the voice of those he loved. When they cried out, he woke up. Parents, and especially mommies, you know what I'm talking about. You can have a hundred babies in a room. And it's, it's interesting. It happens like this. One baby starts crying. All the rest seem like they need to join in the crescendo of crying baby, They all just start crying. You can have a hundred babies crying, but mommy, y'all know what I'm talking about. But you can identify your baby's cry over 99 other babies crying at the same time. Mothers, say amen if you know what I'm talking about. You know that's right. It's almost like radar love. It's like, you, I mean, you can hear your baby crying right now. You're like, oh, my baby's crying. You hear him through walls. You're like superwoman. Because you know, because you know. Why? Because there's something about their voice. And then Jesus say, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they know me. And he knows your voice. Notice none of those things woke him up. But the voice of those he loved when they cried out, that woke him up. He arose, he rebuked the wind and they ceased and there was calm. Matthew and Mark, you put the stories together. Jesus said, peace be still, or he said, be muzzled and amazing. The storm stopped, the rain stopped, the sky blew, water still. Jesus looked at the, at the disciples and said, where is your faith? And at that point, they began to scratch their heads. And they said, what manner of man is this for? He commands the winds and the water And they obey him. Go with me really quickly. Psalm 107. We got to look at this. Psalm 107 real quick. Look at verse 23. Got to see this connection. It's fascinating. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens and they go down again to the depths. Their soul melts because of trouble. I'm sure the disciples knew this. 
And they reel to and fro and they stagger like a drunken man and are at their wits end. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble and he brings them out of their distresses and he calms the storm so that its ways are still. And then they are glad because they are quiet. And so he guides them to their desired haven. Oh, that men in verse 31. Can you please read verse 31 with me? Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Do you realize that's all God really wants from us? Come on, stand on your feet quietly. That's all that God really wants from us is that we would give him thanks, that we would give him praise, that we would give him honor. That's all he wants. So often we, we make more of this Christian thing than necessary. The truth is, no matter what you're going through, God is with you. Can the church say amen? amen. I'll wait. <laughs> God is with you. God loves you. What storm you're going through, I know it's difficult. But if you just give thanks to God and say, Lord, I'm going through a storm. I'm going through a situation, but Lord, whatever turbulence there is and whatever trouble there is and whatever trial is before me and whatever fiery furnace is before me, Lord, I will trust you and I will give you thanks and I will give you praise. Oh, that men would give thanks and give praise for God's goodness. It's kind of hard to do that. I know. In the midst of a trial. But in Christ, we can do all things because he strengthens us. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a song.